Are you tired of using Google Drive or Dropbox to send files to clients? Well, never get burned again with FilePass. I love and use FilePass exclusively for sending files to my clients. It's a cloud file sharing website specifically made by engineers for engineers. It's absolutely amazing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash FilePass to check out the full feature list and subscribe today. Never lose another dime to burned projects. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Lamentful Lou. What am I lamenting? I don't know. Are you sad about something? I don't know. Maybe, like, I was thinking about my old dog earlier this morning, and then I saw two other dogs, I'm like, I'm really glad Are you being serious right now? I'm really glad I don't have to pick up his poop anymore. (laughs) That's, hey, I'm sorry, you know? I do lament his passing, but... (laughs) You know, there's there's <laughs> benefits at the end of the day, which is like less cleanup. There you go. There it's you less go. stinky in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, today's episode, uh, we have a good episode today. We're going to try to be helpful here to you. And we're going to talk about um, what makes a good microphone a good microphone. Yeah, in general. Yeah, we might go into like microphone types, but specifically I wanted to focus in on like Cheap microphones and expensive microphones, why it's worth shelling out or why it may not be worth shelling out more for a better microphone. Yeah. We get people we get people like calling us in, texting us, not calling us in, but texting us in or DMing us on Instagram all the time, asking about gear and, and one of the most common things that we get requested to, you know, share our opinion on is how about good microphones. Yeah. And uh not only I don't want to really share which specific microphones are great. I mean, obviously anything from Loughton. Yeah. But also, um, I wanted to share specifically about <clears throat> the characteristics of a good microphone mm-hmm. versus a not good microphone. Wow, I got like a frog in my throat. Do you hear it? Mm, I hear it. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but let's talk about. Um, let's stick in the realm of condensers for a moment here. Let's talk about like a cheap condenser microphone. And a and an expensive condenser microphone. Lou, what is what is like a consistent thing that you can tell uh, that a characteristic difference between a cheap microphone and an expensive one? Just one. Its ability to actually handle enough uh, pressure from the sound source. You know, if the so microphone, like SPL. yeah, if the actual uh, microphone starts to crap out when a vocalist like yells or does like some louder ad libs or like is like an r&b singer and they belt and the capsule can audibly distort before you're even distorting on the preamp or the interface like the the capsule itself just can't handle that level of pressure oh that's a good one yeah i didn't even think about that one yeah and especially oh yeah some of these like 
small diaphragm condensers, like they're really great. Sometimes they even have options too, like a pad or a yeah. filter. Um, but yeah, they can handle high SPL, especially some of these mics are specifically like that's one of their selling points is that this one specifically has extremely high SPL. Um, and you know what sounds really great on snares actually is a small diaphragm condenser can sound oh, yeah. really great on snares, but only a few, like a handful of, <clears throat> of condensers can handle that high SPL from a snare. Yeah. Uh, my fa- one of my favorites is like what is it the SM eighty one that we have that yeah, really that crappy one. one. Yeah. It always sounds really great on a snare. I think I stole it from like a Wolfpack video that I saw them doing it once, and I've been doing it ever since. Like from like three four years ago. So it sounds great. One of the ones that I like to use is uh, and I hate to be that guy, but the Neumann KM one eighty fours. And I say that guy because. Those are small diaphragm from Neumann. Yeah, it's 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 kind of funny. Um, everybody's uh, a big Neumann fan, especially at the beginning stage, and then later on, it's kind of like when you're a teenager and you look at your parents and you're like, "Man, you guys were gods to me at one point, but now, now I see the flaws." And you're human. You're not bad people. You're just human. And uh, the Neumann line, uh, there's some really good options in there. And the KM184s is one of the ones I would definitely choose. Um, but obviously, they're much more popular for the U87, which after the growing up stage in audio, a lot of people just kind of like slowly, once they've used it often enough, they're like, oh, it's actually not that great. Yeah. Yeah. But... Like, Neumann's not so bad that I'm going to write a memoir about it. Exactly. You know, like, like, it's just not always going to be your first choice. But when it comes to small <laughs> diaphragm condensers, if I'm doing, just, like, some shell mics, that's just like everyone, the 184s. Yeah. That's just, like, every parent's goal is just not to have a memoir written about them. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if, if, if there's no memoir, best-selling, New York Times best-selling memoir written about us, then, like, we were good parents. Like that's, I, I forget that's whose memoir it was, but they <sighs> talked about my absent parents, and the, the parents had responded in, like, one of the reviews saying, we were never absent. You literally lived at our house until you were 30. <laughs> <laughs> like, what absence are you talking about? But that might also be the, the reason why... They deserved it. I don't know. Hey, maybe they lived there till they were thirty, and you're still not there for me. That's crazy. Anyway, holy shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's uh, let's go into. Oh yeah, another thing as well. Point number two. So point number one was SPL be able to handle very loud uh, sources. Point number two. I'm going to say this is a this is the easiest one to tell for me mm-hmm. is the ability to handle top end. So for example, some super fast giveaways of cheap microphones is um the s's the sibilance is really bad yeah and there's like distortion going on so it's like it's kind of like what you were talking about like it can't handle the high f- pressure high frequencies like it's like frequency yeah. dependent almost and and like those s's sound really bad the 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 natural resonances in the voice really stick out. Um, that's another one too. The top end tends to be brittle on yeah. cheap microphones. Like it's hard you know, to, to it, manipulate. Yeah. It's kind of funny because like I got really into this and um, I guess you could say I ended up like discovering what really made a big difference in that. And it was really just the same way we look at speakers, how large the capsule is uh, affects its ability to pick up certain tones. Um, But what's funny is like you see all the time, like low, small microphones, like uh, capsules, like the pencil condensers can pick up a ton of low end and they're very sensitive to that percussive nature. It's because they're so small. It doesn't require a lot of pressure to move it. But with larger diaphragms, um, it doesn't require as much pressure to move it because it can accept more pressure on its diaphragm. But it's also so big that it actually, you know, uh, requires a little more input for it to be audible. Right. But it's harder for it to actually reproduce these uh, higher frequencies now. So a lot of times when you see large diaphragms, you won't find them on a dynamic unless it's like an SM7B or an RE20 of that nature. And it requires a ton of gain to move the capsule. But they're also very dark microphones. You know, they don't really have a lot of top end, so a lot of people don't really have that top end issue. You're talking about ribbons? No, uh, dynamics. Oh, dynamics. Oh, yeah, Yeah. dynamics, yeah. But with, like, condensers, uh, I've noticed that, like, large diaphragms tend to have the hardest time at a cheaper price point, but uh, small diaphragms actually have a much easier time with top end at a cheaper price point. Like, you can find really good pencil condensers at, like, the $200 range. Yeah, there's a... Yeah, these small small diaphragm condensers sound great, actually, and I think they're really underrated. I mean, if you don't mind looking really silly, um, even using them with like a ton of pop filters to uh, use on a vocal is probably 
a good idea as well. Like I've I never... kid you not, I've actually recorded vocals with a KM one eighty four, which is part of why I like it. Yeah, there's these yeah. small diaphragm condensers. I think are really underrated as far as like studio utility goes. Um, really great, uh, but I'm looking up. I was the reason why I got distracted is because I'm looking up. I heard something. I can't find it, but I heard something about. Um, small diaphragm condensers and large diaphragm condensers resonate at different frequencies as well, which they is do. why the low, the small diaphragm has more low end or whatever. I don't remember. I don't remember. But the point is, um, yeah, cheap condensers have a very brittle, unstable top end. And I'm going to add, this is kind of number three as well, but I'm going to add to number two is small or sorry, cheaper, more affordable microphones are a little bit more difficult to manipulate post-production so during yeah. mixing um, a cheap microphone is harder to mix yeah. there's a lot more resonance frequencies that stick out and the top end is so brittle that like if you boost it it's going to sound harsh it's not going to sound better um, and again I, I think it just comes down to from my best guess and this is just speculation I don't know what technically is going on under the hood it just sounds like it's a lot more distortion going on which mm -hmm. is probably what it is and so, it's just like, it's just not as smooth or linear and it's harder to manipulate. It doesn't work well with EQs. So this is actually kind of a, a good thing that you bring up because uh, it actually reminds me of like a test that I did between, um, and so everybody knows like me and DK have tried the C800G a bunch of times. Um, we, we're not C800G fanboys or anything like that. And not to say that if you like it, it's a bad thing, but let's be honest. We, we realize it's a very expensive mic. And because of that, a lot of people are going to lean towards it. But, um, I did a test with a friend once. Um, it was the manly reference cardioid, um, with the same, uh, supposed like tube swap to match it as close as possible to the C800 and a real C800G. Um, both of them are actually great microphones. People use them with all kinds of success on both of them. Nobody ever really complains about it, but the one thing that you could definitely pick out though, their tonality was similar. You could pick up more of the room and it wasn't because of like the tube or the power supply or anything. It's the capsule and how the capsule was tuned. And so cheaper microphones tend to have uh, capsules that pick up a lot of ambience. They pick up a lot of air. And because of that, they're kind of prone to being noisy and somewhat distorted. Um, they have like this weird sweet spot issue of like gaining the mic, where if you don't gain it loud enough, um, you don't get enough signal. But once you hit that threshold, like now it's too loud. They, they, you have to find like its sweet spot per like cheap mic. Um, and that's not always the case, but it's, it's one of those those like very evident things in a cheaper microphone where you kind of have to drive it a certain way for it to actually run properly. And even then there's other underlying issues that when compared to, you know, a mic that's been looked after a little more by the developers, uh, you would see those things not exist. So for instance, one of the big ones for me would be room noise. How much ambience is it picking up outside of the source material it's intended to pick up? You know, um, when you think about acoustic treatment in the room, it's very important. But when you see uh, videos of like Michael Jackson and everybody recording at like Westlake Studios and all that, and you see them in the big room and you see the camera in the room, you can hear the room echoing and resonating loud. It's not a dead room. When you think about uh, studios like East West or United, they have massive live rooms with no absorbers. They just have diffusers everywhere. Um they're very resonant rooms, yet the microphone can actually capture them as if it was like just dead around them. It sounds lively. It sounds like there's air around them, but it doesn't sound very chambery or hall-like. Yeah. Uh, so that's, um, yeah, <laughs> these nice mics in these nice rooms, they sound gorgeous. People are so afraid of capturing the room noise, but sometimes it's like what makes the recording sound great. Oh, yeah. So especially like the bigger the rooms are. You know, um, things of that nature. So let's also talk about, I'm trying to think of like when it's okay to not spend more on a mic, but in general, I think when you know, you're going to destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when a you snare know, mic. like a snare mic, it's okay not to have the most expensive 57 all day. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, well, 57s and just like, yeah, anything, anything dynamic is just so rugged, right? It's yeah. just, they just handle, they can handle so much. I'm still surprised my, uh, my, uh, Eden, uh, Eden, uh, what is this? My 208 hasn't broken on a snare yet. I've, I've Latin had LS 208. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that thing has been whacked a bunch of times by the stick that I'm always scared because it oh, is a condenser. Real? Yeah. Yeah. It's been whacked enough. I mean, like you can see like 
all the markings on the back where nothing is supposed to touch it anyways. <laughs> it's like all scuffed up. But, um, you know, like I think another good sign of a mic is its ability to last over time. Oh, yeah, for sure. But like even the cheap ones, I'm thinking like, do they they don't really die unless you get unless you specifically use the one that's like comes in a box set with the Scarlet Focus right. And you know, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like two hundred dollars for the Scarlet Focus right as well as a microphone and a set yeah. of headphones. Like those headphones and that microphone is probably gonna crap out. You know, well, twenty dollar I mean microphone the, is not gonna do you much good. <laughs> yeah. But I mean more in the I guess you could say the handling of it. Like how many kind of source material things can you put it in front of uh that it can actually survive. So like versatility? versatility and its ability to be put in that location for instance like if you whack a u87 it's probably not gonna die ah, I but see, I see, I it's see. it's gonna have some issues like for sure because that capsule was not meant to take any impact nor do you <laughs> none ever, of these ca- no, <laughs> almost no, no, any no, of these but capsules. like a dynamic mic sure uh but there's also like certain condensers that were built like tanks for a reason because they knew like they developed them for certain like aspects yeah dude um, 57s have been going to therapy for a long time they're yeah, just resilient fi- as shit they've been bullied bro yeah 57s they're just resilient as shit man dude did you they ever see back. the video of the 58 the durability test Nah, what are they doing? Uh, so they bury it in snow, they microwave it, they leave it in a beer. They microwave a 58? Yeah, and they do an audio test after every piece of abuse, and so much so that the first video is like eight minutes long, and the second video <laughs> They microwave like, the 58 and the microwave dies. That's <laughs> no, they, they put it in the microwave for like three minutes, and they're oh, like, let's, let's that's see. That's metal, dude. It is. It was probably like snap, crackling, and popping. I'm not going to lie, I think they were in Sweden. Uh... Like it, are there micro- are there microphones or are there microwaves, microwaves and different? microphones maybe have a better relationship over there? Yeah, I dude, I don't. That's crazy. Like they literally put it in the freezer, their fridge, and let the ice freeze over it and everything. According to you know the wives' tales that all of our moms in America say, like putting anything metal in in a microwave is how World War Three is going to start. Just like total meltdown, <laughs> atomic warfare. Yeah. <laughs> Aluminum foil in the microwave. Someone's going to die. And <laughs> what started World War Three? My two-year-old uh, got access to the microwave somehow. How do you get on the counter? We left the ladder out. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what? We just pushed the ladder in the right place, stuck a fork in there, and was like, let's see what happens. Yeah, dude. World the- Three. <laughs> those SM58s, those SM57s, bro, they they can withstand extreme abuse, man. Yeah, so if you guys haven't seen the video yet, uh SM58 durability test on YouTube. That's, That's all you crazy. have to look up. Uh anyway, they actually use it as a hammer. At one point they run it over with a car three times. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's that's amazing. And and that's kind of like what you get. But that's like dynamic versus well, cheap dynamic couldn't handle that. Remember yeah. remember um also I remember, dude, uh back in the day like I was talking I'm talking like sophomore junior junior of high school is probably when I, we bought microphones. Um I remember buying like that cheap set of microphones from Guitar Center. It's like 180 bucks for a pack of five or seven drum it, microphones. It was, the DR it reference, I think. DR reference. Set. I yeah. was thinking the Samson kit, but the $200 pack. Sam Ash. No, no, yeah, yeah. It was 200 yeah. The Samsung made microphones? That's crazy. No, Samsung. Samson. Oh, Samson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about like the DR Pro. No, yeah. The digital reference ones. Like the $200 for like a pack of five or seven drum microphones. You remember why that was though, right? Wasn't that company owned by Guitar Center? Well, DR Pro was owned by Guitar Center, and Samsung is one of the sons of Sam of Sam Ash. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, That's Sam hilarious. <laughs> anyway, um, but with these like microphones, these really shitty microphones, it's like first off, better than nothing. Yeah, you know. But yeah. uh, I will I had, say, I had the the Amazon kit. I don't. <laughs> I do not think it was possible to get good drum tones out of that. No, like I. And granted, if I had those mics now, I think we could do something with it. Mm-hmm. But like, especially these cheap microphones are just way less beginner friendly as well, which might yeah. also be a reason why you want to get it because like, you just want to knock those bad recordings out. Like as you, you gotta, you everybody's got to have bad recordings and you just want to knock those out. Like, could you imagine a career where you're like, I sounded better two years ago. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> wild place to be. Yeah. That'd be crazy. That'd, that'd be sincerely depressing. Yeah. It's like, did I stop working? No. How are you getting worse? It's like, I 
Yeah. Somebody's got to tell me I suck. <laughs> no, this is a problem. Actually, this is a great segue, kind of like, not segue, or like a, a little tangent here. This is, I think it's really important to say, but this is something that happens quite often, especially within like the creative fields, mm-hmm. where people all of a sudden like have money and they like buy their way into nice equipment and they still suck and then that becomes extra weight on their ego and becomes yeah. I don't know a single person that's able to confidently release music because they had money and they they went from not being any experienced at all to having all the gear in the world yeah. like, there's a lot of people that I know that are not a lot of people there's a few people that are known in that situation where like either they had money they made money they're getting to music later in life or like they went from like no experience to having no experience and the nicest gear in the world and yeah. they're like confident about their ability to make music. It just doesn't there because what happens is then you remove every single every single excuse that you have to suck and you just suck and it's 100% you because you suck. You know, there's no other reason or excuse that you can make, which like sounds bad, but it's like kind of healthy to be able to make some excuses like, oh, like yeah. I'm going to keep going. I suck because this microphone sucks. But if I keep going, like I can afford a nice microphone and like yeah. it'll make me sound better. And by well, then, like, I, yeah, yeah, by then I'll know more things to do to make that thing even sound better. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. I haven't like really recognized that until we've talked about it right now. So but uh, I think that's why we kind of need to know what makes a good mic later in our career versus at the beginning at the beginning you kind of just want to experience things you want to kind of go with try and true for different people you know what i mean like if everybody tells you c12 is great okay but you don't understand why c12 is great yeah you need need some like reference you need need contextual information yeah context dude yeah yeah so like when you first start out you might be only able to afford like warm audios uh c12 clone um and that's totally cool like and that's a good mic to be honest yeah we have the warm audio c800 at the studio as like a secondary mic and that's a solid mic um i like warm audio's gear i've never been disappointed by warm audio's gear actually i i can't say the same but i think it's because i was like tainted by one specific piece of gear and it was one specific issue it was the 1176 noise um and that was it i got was it with mine no i had them since initial release like I bought one of the original releases. Oh, I didn't have that issue in mind. I had a yeah. pair, which I, I don't wor- have anymore. Yeah, I was I working at Sam Ash when Warm Audio started, um, and that's when like I picked it up. And it was just there was two main issues. It was like a, I want to say it was like a power so supply. It's, it's issue. probably something that they figured out. Since yeah, then. it's it's probably figured out by now. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I did notice the one thing is still present. It's the, um, on their two-way clone because i went to a buddy's house to like mix for him for a little bit uh about two three months ago and um i still i still recognized a little bit of like buzzing when compressing but i think Mm -hmm. that's part of the characteristic that they kind of like built in and it just it's something that's not present in the original two that might be a power supply or like a house maybe house power thing too like the power of the uh anyway um yeah no i've i've always enjoyed my warm audio stuff and uh yeah, I still have, we still have the mic. We still have uh, the bus. Yeah, the mic is too doing as well. great. Um, yo, uh, we're talking about something totally unrelated. So let's get back into microphones here. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that microphones are, they're, they've gotten so good too. Yeah, cheaper microphones are getting so better. Good. Yeah, don't buy anything on Amazon. That's just, if you buy a mic on Amazon, you're, you're bro. Hold on, hold on. Don't buy um, a, a weird third party, can, uh, like, camera company that's selling microphones microphone still buy like your warm audio still buy your lot audio still buy like your sony or whatever on amazon but stop buying the amazon knockoffs yeah yeah those yeah yeah that's for sure for sure um also i want to talk about the great thing about having you know not having money at the beginning or not being able to afford different microphones is that that context that we talked about yeah. a moment ago is extremely important when we say that we don't like the Neumann 87 or the C800G what I'm not trying to tell you and what we're not trying to tell you is to yeah. not use them and that and we're not trying to tell you that you're not allowed to like them or that you're less or we're better because we dislike yeah. them or something like that what we are encouraging you to do is to try other microphones as well yep. um, and if you haven't tried the C800G and if you idolize it and you just haven't spent a lot of time with it spend more time with it yeah you know and uh come up with your own opinions because these are at the end of the day to a certain degree after a certain price point or a certain level um it comes down to preference yep um which is like a a 
people forget about. People think it's like objectively this is a better microphone and objectively that's incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many times I've talked to people who just started and they're like, oh, the C800 is the best mic in the world, right? It's like, that's Whoa. that's like That's like the red flag of like, oh, so you haven't used a lot of other mics. Yeah, like it's a it's a very telling sign when working around people who have been around. Yeah. Um, oh, Neumann 87 is your like, favorite mic? Oh, really? Yeah, and it's that's not crazy. to say that anybody's going to like shit talk you. It's like, okay, cool. They like 87 or C800 or whatever. But if the reason is very blanketed behind like, oh, that's what I heard. That's what so-and-so uses. It's got to be the best. It's like, not really. I mean, everybody thinks that Drake solely uses like a C800, but he actually uses Mojave mics. And you know how much shine and love Mojave's getting on the, the general public? Not not a lot. Yeah, Mojave's you great. You know, uh, Cardi B, uh, Freddie Gibbs, and a bunch of other people are using uh Edens actually, Ari Lennox is using Edens on Young one Thug. recording. Yeah, Young Thug. Ari Lennox, um, oh, yeah. And it's funny because like Edens once again don't get the same praise that the C800 get. But I'm low key kind of glad about that because I'd rather people really like it and want to use it over it their actual practical use of it and saying, wow, actually I do like it in comparison, versus just the blanket term of like, oh, it's the best because it's the most expensive. So there this, there this is a good marketing tool behind that, though. And this is great, too, because I do think that there's a lot of value in just trying mics, yeah. going to different studios, trying mics, buying different microphones, um, not being afraid to read reviews and trying a brand that you've never heard of before. Try the ones that have bad reviews and try to see if the bad reviews are even warranted. I'm, I kid you not. I don't know about wasting your money on ones with no. bad reviews, but I mean, that's, I mean, conceptually, that's a good idea. But There's I mean, like, practically, yeah. I'm not spending money on one with bad reviews. Like, uh, for instance, I saw a review of the R84. Let's see if you agree with this. Is um, that the one we have? I have. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pill one? Yeah, yeah. Worst microphone for vocals ever. Oh, that's hilarious. That was one of the reviews, I kid you not, that I've read for it uh, when I was looking it up because I wanted to get the R88 and I was like, oh, the R84 is just a mono version and it's uh, not active. Okay. And then I look at it and I'm like, I wonder, I've, I used to pair this with an 87. You See, know? that's, that's and the type of like review where it's like my initial reaction is like, because you could tell sometimes with these reviews yeah. is like, oh, user error. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> R84 on vocals alone. Were you doing folk music? What were you doing? Were you doing like old toony jazz stuff? Yeah, like what was the tonality you were after and did it align with that? No? Okay, sounds like user error. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like you did. You have no reference and you put too much hope and dopamine into wanting this, wanting this microphone. This might be a good segue into like what makes a good ribbon mic because there's mics like the uh, Royer R121s. There's the AAR84s or the R88, which I'm a fan of. Um, there's even like, uh, what is it? Uh, is it Coleman 4388s? What is 4038? Um, oh, that little like, spot, like Cole's iron looking one. It looks like an iron. Yeah. Like you can, you can yeah. iron your clothes with. Yeah. I've yeah. actually gotten to use those only once, dope. but like they sounded amazing for overheads. Haven't they tried them on super vocals. Super good but on overheads. I've used the R121 from Royer on vocals. It sounded great. Yeah. Um, but like the funny thing is, like, ribbon mics are very niche specific use microphones but what ribbons do very differently from most other microphones is instead of using a standard like capsule round capsule uh they use a tension tuned ribbon which actually doesn't bode well for top end but it does bode well for like natural low mids and mids so yeah let's talk about like a couple things that make a good ribbon a good ribbon number one i think is is more so than the condenser is 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 durability actually oh yeah, yeah. Like you can you can yeah. whip it around and it doesn't like the the foil doesn't break the ribbon doesn't break yeah. the ribbon doesn't stick to one of the magnets itself. Yeah. Now older ribbons that that is not the case. It's funny like older ribbons you breathe on it wrong and it broke. Yeah, yeah. But the newer ones, all the new designs have like really gone up They're in well durability. Yeah, They're yeah, yeah. really well made. So durability is is I think number one. Well, and also like smoothness because oh it's got God, like this, yeah. some of these ones, like the shitty ones, like have this like really crazy, like low, low mid bump. Yeah. You know? So it's like the one, like the Royal 121 you were talking about on guitars, mm -hmm. like it's just really smooth mid range. Yeah. You know, the mid range is magic with these ribbons. Yeah. Is that kind of your experience? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tell us, tell us, tell us something what makes a good ribbon microphone. 
Uh, for me, something that can handle a little more SPL is oh, always yeah. reason being is one of my favorite uses for them is almost like a semi room mic slash gooch mic. Um, so ribbon, yep. Well, I like to call it the gooch mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's for drummers, by the way. You put you put a microphone pointed at their wiener. Yep, and then uh, just above the kick drum, or or no or no wiener, and right. then uh, yeah, you literally yeah, you point it there, and then it's it picks up everything. It's great. So it's kind of funny because like it picks up everything, but when you compress it, like because ribbons are so transient, like you actually get this nice like very thick thumpy tone with them so like using it on like a uh, guitar cab you actually get a little more of that warm resonance that lower mid thickening of the guitar tone without having to be so extremely projected in the upper mid so like when you're doing like rhythm guitars and using a ribbon mic with it it mm. actually sits in the mix a bit better because you can blend in a little more of the ribbon to add density to like the lower guitar tracks and bring it down on some of the more pers- uh i guess present or prominent guitar tracks so that you're not eating up so much of those low mids but you can still have a secondary mic that controls the amount of body you want in your tone oh yeah yeah but because it's so transient it it just lends itself well to like a good i guess you could say like dynamic mic that's picking up the transients and like mids and upper mids like it's it's a good balancing microphone oh yeah ribbons are great and uh i think we could talk about other microphone types too. I wanted this less to be about microphone ty- types, but let's go into. Um, well, those are the main ones. We talked about dynamics already, actually. Yeah. To a certain degree. Yeah. Durability. Uh, dynamic microphones, um, they're just meant to be thrown around, to be honest. And and I think that there's, I think, would you agree with this statement? I'm, I'm thinking out loud right now, but um, what makes a good dynamic microphone? A good dynamic microphone is going to make a little bit more of a difference in live scenarios than in studio scenarios. I think that's exactly the case. Um, as somebody who does live sound all the time, a very well-made capsule on a dynamic microphone makes the world of a difference. For instance, on I'm stage, not a... Sean, from a stage yeah, perspective. Like yeah. When it comes to Sennheiser, I'm a fan of some of their studio mics. When it comes to live, I'm very much an anti-Sennheiser guy. Uh, really yeah um not because they're bad they pick up a lot of resonance in the room and because of that they actually have a much lower threshold for feedback Ah. yep so even though they sound nice they don't operate nice and that's kind of the thing in live sound you're still going for golden sound right but you need something that can actually focus more on the source material versus the actual stage bleed. Mm. And that's kind of a big thing. Like in studios, we want microphones that give us as much clarity as we can. Every little nook and cranny has got to be shown in the light. Right. But in live audio, um, if I can hear the kick drum and the vocal mic, we have an audio issue potentially because aside from the kick mic playing through the speaker, now we have the kick playing through the vocal and anything I do to the vocal is going to accentuate that kick now, which in a studio setting, that's just not going to sound great, but let's think about it on a practical setting. That's also phase cancellation. Mm. You know, uh, if we're having phase cancellation issues on some like primary source information, like bass information, kick information, snare information, then we potentially are losing track transient information and like actual tone. Um, So in live cases, like a good dynamic mic is something that one has a really high threshold for feedback, meaning that we want less feedback possible, the louder we get in our monitor. And a lot of times if you're working with an artist that doesn't use in-ears or anything, a loud floor monitor is absolutely necessary. If you're working on a small stage and you got a live band, let's say um, one of the Latin groups that I work with, for example, has three trumpeters, two saxophones, a tuba, um, a trombone, um, timbales, congas, bongos, uh, guido, um, cajon, uh, two keyboardists, a bass player, and a guitarist and three vocalists who do you think is louder (laughs) you know like i need as much isolation from the rest of the group as i can for those vocals yeah because no way in hell are the vocals getting heard over everything else on stage yeah you know and if the audience is right by the stage they're getting all of that information to their face live and then i need something to be projected through the speakers so if the vocal mics are just re-amplifying the rest of the band and it's not picking up a lot of the vocal. It's just picking up a lot of ambience. One, I won't be able to give them enough monitor for themselves, but the audience will just be getting even more of the band through the vocal mics. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. There's a, there's also like a category of microphones we haven't really 
tapped into and we probably won't really tap into because it's more of a live thing, but also very useful in the studio is that some mics you just buy for the utility of it. For example, like yeah. I'm thinking about like on the Timbales or like on some Tom mics, even, you know, like the sure microphones where they have mm-hmm. like a gooseneck top. Yep. The that, beta 98s. Like, yeah. Those are yeah. just like utility wise. just great to have. To so, be honest, they sound great too. Yeah. I really like them. I really like yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, that's like a whole category of microphone where they're like shaped really weird for the utility of it. Or like they have, like it's an underwater microphone or like yeah. in the kick drum, you can put in like a perimeter microphone or whatever they're called. Oh, yeah. but, the, you know, the, the flat ones that you look yeah. like they're like a... Uh, it's a boundary microphone. A boundary microphone. That's what yeah. it is. Things like that where there's like utility ones, the sub kick microphone, things like that. Oh, I so love we the won't really kick. get into it. So yeah. I would recommend... Um, anyway, before we get into the last topic, which I want to talk about what what when you wouldn't need to upgrade... Sure. So it's like, yeah. when it's okay to stick with the cheaper microphone. But before we talk about that, I'm talking about our sponsors. Let's do it. This week, we're sponsoring our own show. The We're sponsored by the Mixing Music Podcast. We thank are? you for sponsoring ourselves. Oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, wow. Thank you, We're DK. so cool. And the Mixed Music Podcast is brought to you by us. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. Oh, we have exclusive, exclusive content. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Have you checked out the exclusive content? Hell yeah. Dude, it's kind of cool. It's really cool. And Brayden does a phenomenal job. I've assigned tasks Brayden with finding clips from interviews or videos, tutorials from other Grammy-winning engineers, producers, songwriters, mastering engineers, as well as influencers. And uh, Brayden and I, we talk about the brutal truth and we analyze what these people are saying and why it's a good idea or why it's a terrible idea, why these people are fucking wrong. Sometimes we talk about that. Yeah. And sometimes we talk about how they're absolutely correct. And it's it's really useful. It's very technical. It's very curated. It's curated very well. Braden does a phenom- phenomenal job and does almost all of the work. Um, if you're interested and if you like, you can hear the exclusive content through the exclusive archives. We've been releasing one episode a week, mm-hmm. uh, exclusive archive. Um, they're from like almost a year ago these exclusive episodes and it's only one a week but if you go to the website go to mixedmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive for four dollars a month or forty dollars a year you can get access to two new episodes every single week on wednesday and thursday alongside our free content so it's really great thing go check that out once again that's mixedmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive or just go to mixedmusicpodcast.com and check out our sponsors and our other things Um, we appreciate your support so on the last note let's talk about when it's not a good idea to upgrade your microphone. Okay, I'll go first. Um, when you can't afford it, let's bam, be bam, honest. Bam. Let's to- let's be a hundred percent honest. A lot of people are saving up as if the microphone is the priority because it will make the greatest difference in their setup. Now, if you have a twenty dollar Amazon mic, you you might be right. You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> recording on the wax is going to sound better. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Recording on your iPhone. Headphones. Recording on the recording on the microphone built into the gaming headset. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I know people who made their records like that and got like really big on SoundCloud and everything, and then they're like, oh. Okay, maybe I should take it a little more seriously, but like, or they, not, dude. If they got big on SoundCloud, you got to keep doing it. Uh, yeah, don't mess that's, with the that's magic, a thing. bro. <laughs> but I see a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm gonna pull out a credit card and then I'm gonna get this mic, and I'm like, hold on, do you make money from it? Do you yeah, make money from that? Because the ROI on a mic, on any piece of equipment outside of your computer, your speakers, and uh, you know your acoustic treatment really doesn't have an ROI that's really that trackable at all. And your microphone is definitely probably the biggest factor in that. Yeah, this is just like financial advice in general. Like, that's just good financial advice. Yeah. Like, sometimes, like, don't... If you have a mid-range, like a $300 to $700 microphone, and it's been doing you good... It, it's not worth going into debt. Like your the the problems that it's going to solve from getting like a nicer microphone is not going to be worth the debt you're going to collect if you can't afford yeah. it. So it is better. It's different, but realistically, it's not going to change your life in a way that's worth going into debt for. That's no. I think that's the way best way to put it into. So that's yeah. a good financial advice, Lou. And yeah. we talk a lot about that spending habits, but also um. 
from like a problem solving perspective, like the problems you think it's going to solve, it's not going to really solve. And at the end of the day, if you want to actually, I recommend this, um, depending on where you're at, like if you're in Los Angeles or depending on where you're at, even guitar centers oftentimes yeah. have rental centers or go to another studio, just rent a couple hours of studio times and bring in like a friend to say, Hey, let's record a, a, your next song. And, um, go out of your way to try all of these different microphones before yeah. you buy them. Um, and I think try to emulate the best way that you can your setup. For example, if you go rent, you know, go to the studio to try to use their microphone. Don't um, run it through their vocal chain. Yeah. Don't run it through their vocal chain. Just go straight into their converter just to yeah. hear it. You can hear just the mic. And, and remember that every room is different. Oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Like if you, if you record in your closet surrounded by, uh, your sweater. Um, it's going to sound very different than if you rented the studio and you recorded in a perfectly treated room, <laughs> you know, but it, you know, contextually speaking, you know, take your mic with you. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Take oh, your mic with you. that's a great idea. Yeah. That yeah. way you have a reference point. Yeah. So I wouldn't go all into it right away. Like it does solve a lot of problems. It is worth having a nice microphone, but we're also talking in the perspective of two professionals that make full-time money from, from music. Right. Yeah. So uh, keep that into mind, especially not just this episode, but in any episodes that we talk about, for example, um, we, we did bring this up with buying gear in general, like with uh, compressors and EQs, like buying gear as a hobbyist is very different than buying gears as a professional. And yeah. as a, from a professional standpoint, standpoint it doesn't make as much sense than as a hobbyist yeah a hobbyist it makes more sense to buy gear as a hobbyist than it does as a professional yeah um depending like, on the as a hobbyist you do it for, for specifically for it. mixing specifically for mixing yeah. for rec recording it still does make sense for a professional standpoint. yeah it, it does and it doesn't i'd say on the recording end i'd say it for one reason okay oh, it's Let, a utility thing it's more it's, of a it's, utility it's a utility thing because like um utility for a commercial studio would be its brand marketing Right. I was you thinking say, also like you want to compress on the way in. Now, no, no, I mean no, the exactly. other way is like UAB. Yeah, but right? like when you do it on a personal way, that's the mindset. But like on a commercial level, it's like okay, cool. We got to buy a compressor. We should buy a tube tech. Why? It's like because we can put that on our website and people will book because because people think because people are stupid and think tube techs are the reason why their vocals are going to sound good. Yeah. Thumbs up, and then we throw that on our website. Heck yeah. yeah. But um, if it's for like, it, let's say you're doing professionally from your home and you're working with people that you want to work with, like you're actually going out and scouting your client versus your client scouting you. Don't worry about getting the most expensive one. Get something that you like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Also, speed up your attack. On uh, tube techs, y'all. Yeah, they're too slow. Sometimes, 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 yeah, sometimes it's just get funny looking waveforms. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just like transient nothing. Transient nothing. Yeah, learn how to use your shit too. Honestly, that's like, I think that's a good way to talk, like segue into that too. Like sometimes like using your microphone and getting acoustic treatment is, is a better investment than upgrading your microphone. But there's also yeah. lots of times where it's like, hey, like you only, you're trying to record a drum kit. But this is this is me, dude. But I have two different condenser microphones from two different companies. I'm using as stereo overheads, and like I'm just like I'm like putting together like I'm this. This SM57 is put together by tape, dude. And it's just yeah. time, you know, like it's it's literally. I know which time. one you're talking about. Yeah. Well, that one I modded. You know, yeah. So it's yeah. some tape, but uh, yeah, you know, like it's there's there's times that hundred dollar drum kit microphone, those yeah. those kit microphones. Yeah, those are long gone. You know. I think a good idea of when not to upgrade your mic is. Uh, when considering where you're recording. Honestly, it's kind of like what I was saying about the closet. If you're recording in the closet and you're surrounded by clothing, try recording in your living room. Try recording somewhere with a higher ceiling. Try recording at a friend's house and see if you still don't like the sound of your mic. Because uh, our actual ambience actually plays a huge factor in how the mic sounds, especially, like I said, considering whether we pick up a lot of the room or not, um, whether you use a Chaotica eyeball or not. <laughs> Sorry about the yawn. Uh, but um, a good example of this uh, would be the Chaotica eyeball. Um, I'm not a hater, but I'm not a fan. Um, the reason I say this is... Uh, it I doesn't sound, yeah, it doesn't always sound the best. No, it's, I, it's, 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 a, it becomes a vibe a thing solution. at a certain point. Yeah. It's a solution, but it's like, hopefully you don't have to have the problem. 
Yeah, like I went to a friend's house. Uh, they have a place up in uh, downtown LA, and they live in one of those kind of like cement floor old school buildings that's mm. been modified on the inside to be a little more modern. They put like new elevators and nice paintings, whatever. Uh, but it's still a cement floor, cement walls, and just giant windows of glass. On they got the walls. like blotch. They got yeah. they got some nice ass squibbles in frames. Yeah, like exactly. nice ass squibbles. You yeah. know, I get and I get stoked they hang for squibbles bro. on their windows. Kind of. Oh thing. hell yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's that down. Town apartment. Yeah, right? people got them gray suits on with yeah. three buttons, dog. Oh, oh shit. shit. Oh dude. shit. Oh, did you forget about the monocle? Oh, damn. Don't dog. forget about the monocle. That's oh, when you shit. really hit big. Oh wow, yeah. dude. No, but um, it's kind of funny because like um, they told me they're like, I feel like my mic sounds a little bit cloudy. I was like, What do you mean? They're like, It just sounds like I'm a little muffled. And I'm like, Okay, well, let me see. Where do you have the mic? And they, uh reveal these curtains that I made they made like a pseudo booth mm -hmm. and then they had the chaotica on it on top of that and I was like okay and like I was looking around the room like you have acoustic treatment everywhere like why do you need like a booth like it sounds good in here um so I take off the chaotica I take off the curtains I'm like how about we just track a verse real quick and he's like yeah okay cool and I'm I just just to give him like the the placebo pill <laughs> I told him like I'm gonna modify your vocal chain a little bit and he's like okay cool we recorded a verse. He's like, dude, that sounds great. Do you mind if we record the hook? I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Recorded it. And he's like, what'd you do? I'm like, jack shit. Um, I just, the Chaotica does this whole like tunneling thing where it kind of muffles your voice a little bit, like cupping the mic when you're playing live. You don't cup the mic when you're performing live unless you want that muffly tone. Um, it projects a lot of mids. So that could have been some of the harshness you were talking about. And uh, you said it sounded kind of dead. Uh, that you wanted something that sounded like it had a little more air, you know, remove yeah. the curtain as well. And he's like, dude, it sounds so much better. What'd you do to the vocal chain? I'm like, nothing, literally nothing. We just removed the things that were clouding your sound in, in the surrounding area of the mic. Yeah. You know, sometimes uh, you don't need to buy a new mic. You just have to play with your microphone. Yeah. Like just play with it and see if you like the way it sounds, go rent a mic and compare it and see if you have the same issue in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's actually a really good point there. So I don't think that everybody needs to upgrade their microphone. I do think what do you think is like the price range when mics start getting good? Like within um, the five to six hundred dollar mark. I'd for say three hundred. Really? You found some like really good three hundred dollar mics? Yeah. Um they're not always gonna be condensers, but they're gonna be good. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Specifically for condensers. Specifically for condensers, six hundred is good space. Yeah, like, like five hundred is still good, but it's like hit or miss. Like like anything six hundred and above is honestly like commercial grade re reliable. Yeah. It used to be like best mic under five hundred or best mic within five to a thousand. I feel like nowadays it's more that best mic under six hundred. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's the new category we should be seeing on YouTube. Reason being is that like there's this uh border between like the six hundred to like a thousand one hundred, thousand two hundred where you start seeing some really, really good mics. The ribbon mics start popping up and everything. Yeah. Thousand um, mics is another threshold. Thousand dollars is like another threshold. Yeah. But like the nine ninety nine is still just shy of like its peak. You know, so like giving, I, I think everything's kind of bumped up like a hundred to two hundred dollars in like their threshold of like greatness. Yeah. Um, because we're seeing a lot of newer mics doing really cool things. Uh, for instance, like my favorite thing about the lot and stuff is the voicing switch, but it's not the only company that has a voicing switch. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know about Erlin microphones? I was not going to say Erlin, but I know another company that does yeah. it as well. I don't know about Erlin. Yeah, Erlin does something that's very special that you kind of brought up earlier, which is uh, certain is capsules. Like, Erlin is the name of like, dude, Erlin is like that IT guy yeah. in the back, bro. <laughs> it's like, where's Erlin? My printer doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's Erlin is a funny name. But Erlin does something with their capsules that, um, you know, few brands have tried but uh, hardly succeeded with. Um, they do triangular capsules instead of circular capsules. And the whole idea behind this is to actually make the actual resonance of your capsule go away much faster. It's to minimize that resonant tone in the capsule. And because of this, they actually have like an extremely tight low end. Like it's very present low end, but it's very accurate. The mid range is nice and smooth and the top end is not brittle. Like I've used a ton of their microphones and they sound amazing. Actually, the EHR or EHMR, I forget what the model number EHR is. EHR hyphen M. Yeah. 
That thing is insane. But they actually have a tube one that's going to be... Uh, they had showcased it at NAM. I don't know if it released yet or not. Talking about NAM. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. We're going. We're going. And we're gonna. We're gonna talk about um, a little get together. Maybe on the next episode, we should talk yeah. and announce a get together. We're gonna go bother the people at Antares again. Yeah, but on this one, you can uh, see it's not on their site yet, so they probably haven't released it just yet. But they showed it at NAM, and the idea is this: you can change the polarity uh, tightness. So it's a fixed, uh, it's cardioid, but it's not fixed cardioid. You can actually switch it between super hyper uh, cardioid and semi omni uh, with just a dial in the front of it. So depending on how much room ambience you want, you can actually dial it in directly from the microphone. Dude, it's got a tri triangle membrane, dude. A triangle. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. I'm looking at it right now. But anyway, um, the point of this is not to talk about Erlen microphones, but to talk about trying being afraid yeah. not being afraid to try new technologies new things if um, you see something weird and it interests you go try it out go try it out man go to yeah. nam and come hang out with us try Actually, out mics go to vintage king vintage king if you're in a place where vintage king is near you yeah go to vintage king go go to a friend's house go uh go try things out just just um build context you know i'm curious have you tried the bumblebee mic no. Oh, the one that's colored like a bumblebee? Yeah. Like from the branch off of Neat Gibson? Mike's. Neat Mike, yeah. yeah. No, I've not tried it. I've never those. tried it, but I've always been curious because it's like, how badass would it be to say that you got a record, like like a plaque or and something? And it looks like a bumblebee, dude. Yeah. And it's like, what mic did you use that bumblebee looking The one like? that's marketed to three-year-olds. You know, yeah. Like, I put wings on it while we were recording just make Hell it extra yeah. special. <laughs> yeah, dude, you can hear the buzziness in my voice. Oh, dude, you I... hear that nice mid buzz. <laughs> <laughs> the artist is like, I'm feeling dude, a buzz vocals, right now. My vocals sound smooth like honey, dog. <laughs> I, I, I think I would laugh if I was like at the studio one day, and uh, it's like one of those kind of sessions where like everybody has a drink. It's like, yo, I'm buzzing right now, and somebody pulls out the microphone. I, I think I'd be the guy that just starts laughing. Uh, embarrassingly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is a good place to end the episode. Um, hopefully this helps you with your microphone journey and your audio engineering journey. Uh, microphones are important, and uh, I think they're something that people need to experience more of. So go ahead and try out, experiment. Don't don't listen to us. Don't listen to your friends. Make your own opinions. And on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.